With Jonesy and Amanda. New South Wales has been hit with a bunch of new restrictions, a stressful time for families and for businesses. So to clarify some of our pressing questions, Prime Minister Scott Morrison, hello. G'day, Amanda. G'day, Jonesy. Are there any questions? Well, well it, it's a fr- I, I know you can appreciate people's frustration that here we are totally. about to go into holidays. The various yeah. states are making various decisions, but there are some federal things here too. Only 3.4% of Australians have, are fully vaccinated. We're seeing breaches of quarantine. These are the two things that the federal government's responsible for. How, how should we be feeling about all of this? Well, a couple of things. First of all, it's not 3.4%. It's higher than that. And on the first dose, we've got two-thirds of Australians aged over 70 have had their first dose. We've had 50% of Australians over 50 have had their first dose and more than one in four Australians aged over 16. So that's the population that can be vaccinated. They've had their first dose and a first dose actually provides you with protection and the first dose, you know, on the way the vaccines work, well, it's followed three weeks up or three months later depending on what what vaccine you've had. Uh, So we've had about, well, hit 7 million doses which have been administered this week and so the vaccination program will continue to roll out um, and uh, we'll see increased doses from Pfizer available next month. That'll ramp up to around 600,000 a week and by September, October, uh, we'll be well over a million, in fact, two million by the time you get to October. Um, so the vaccine program continues to strengthen. Of course, the medical advice we had on AstraZeneca significantly disrupted it. I mean, that's something outside the government's control when the medical advice says you can only give it to those over the age of 60. And of course, we have the issues early on where those vaccines did not come from overseas before and, our domestic production started. And you do I'm appreciate, though, team. you do Sorry. appreciate, though, Scott, as well. Like, so with the AstraZeneca, so for me, I got the AstraZeneca shot yeah. because I know uh, that we need 80% coverage to have anything close to herd immunity. But, you know, you do feel a little bit worried when you hear about stories about the blood clotting thing. But when you do research sure. about that, you know that further to that, it's it, it, it's less likely that it's going to happen if you're healthy and yeah. well. The, the risk is, is very low, but that's why we also um, in, provided a, a Medicare item for people to go and have a, a consultation with their doctors um, over the age of 50 for those who have already had their first vaccination with AstraZeneca so they could get more information on that. Um, and um, Jen, who's listening, by the way, she's in the car. Uh, she's had her first AstraZeneca. Um, and uh, so it's important that people talk to their doctor about that if they've got questions. That's why we provided the additional funding to enable the doctors to do that. Um, that so that vaccination program, of course, is important, but we, we can't overassume on it. You know, in, in the UK, where I've just been, 81% of the population has had a first dose of the vaccination. They had 14,000 new cases yesterday and 27 people died. So we've got to put this in some perspective. In Australia, there is not one person who has COVID who's in an ICU in this country right now. Not one. Can I and ask you about that? And, because and we're protecting lives and livelihoods because the economy is bigger today than it was before the pandemic and there are more people employed today than before the pandemic. Do you think we are fetishising the zero? Because at the beginning it was flattening the curve. We can. I don't think we'll ever achieve zero. And even when we're all vaccinated, this will still pop up, but it won't be as deadly. So why are we still fixating with the zero? 
Well, that's the transition that has to happen now. The vaccination race needs to continue to increase, and it was always the plan to have that done fully by the second half of the year to, so, to have the opportunity for everyone who wants a vaccination to receive it. But you're still going to have a proportion of the population that won't, and, and people in those situations are vulnerable. There's also the new variants and strains. But you're right in terms of the vaccination protects people from serious illness and fatality. That's what it's for. At the start of the pandemic, what we were most concerned about was our ICUs full and collapsing and, uh, and large numbers of fatalities. Now, in Australia, if we had the same rate of fatalities in countries like ours, 30,000 more people would have died. We saved 30,000 lives in Australia in the past year. And I think that's an amazing achievement by Australians. And, uh, and, and we also ensured that our economy bounced back to the point where there's, you know, unemployment has fallen to 5.1% and the economy's bigger now than it was before the pandemic. I was just sitting around the table with some of the biggest advanced economies in the world. None of them can say that other than South Korea. So Australia continues to do well. Um, yep, we've got our challenges and continue to roll out a vaccine in a country where there's virtually no COVID. Uh, and when outbreaks occur, well, we just have to act quickly on them as, as, as Gladys is doing in New South Wales. And I think it's great that she's not locking the city down, but putting in place common sense precautions, which Sydney siders, I know, being one of them, um, will just work to and, uh, and work together and get through this like Australians have and Sydney siders have before. Can I ask you about this week we saw the return of uh, Barnaby Joyce. Um, is he the right man for the times? I know there's still a sexual harassment case still unresolved around him. I don't know if he's necessarily aligning with your new environmental targets. How do you feel about Barnaby's return? Well, Barnaby brings a, a unique perspective from regional Australia. And, you know, we, our government has got a keen interest in what's happening in regional Australia. And uh, we're making great progress on things like our emissions reduction. And we're 20% down on 2005 levels. You know, the United Kingdom can't... Sorry, sorry the United States can't say that. Canada can't say that. New Zealand can't say that. Australia's actually getting it done. We've got the highest rate of rooftop solar in the world. In the world. Um, so we're making big progress. And our performance... Um, is there for people to see. And we've got to keep making that performance count, but we'll do that through technology. That's what we're saying. I'm not going to tax our way to net zero. I'm not going to um, shut down towns and regions and industries to get there. We'll have a plan to take us forward, um, which uh, doesn't involve that, but uses technology. And it was disappointing this week that we had a bill in the parliament that would have seen more than a billion dollars spent on carbon capture and storage and hydrogen technology, and the Labor Party voted against us. So we're just going to have to do that one again. There it is. That's politics, isn't it? And I like the fact that Jenny, she's had the AstraZeneca, you had the yep. Pfizer. So there's going to be some tension in the uh, Morrison household. Is there going to be? Uh, that's all right. Well, I, I, that was the one that was available in that first week. So sure. I would have been happy to have AZ at the time. And you're, and you're all okay? Everything's okay with the Pfizer? You feel you feel good? Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Um, and But the, the thing about the vaccine is, is that you can still, the evidence is showing that you can still get the virus and pass it on. But the thing is, you don't get serious fatality. So Amanda's point is the, the key one. And when I was talking to Boris Johnson about this, what they're focusing on in the UK is their rates of hospitalisation. So the reason he extended the restrictions was because, not because there was a large number of cases, but because their rate of hospitalisation was increasing. And that's because of the new variant. So, you know, we can't kid ourselves in Australia just because we've done so well that somehow it's all over mm. and we can all just go back to how it was and there aren't risks and that occasionally there won't be issues we have to deal with. That's the reality of a global pandemic. It's just the reality and we're confronting it better than most. But 
times like this, you know, holidays will get deferred. Um, our family holiday probably might have to get deferred. We'll have to wait and see um, how things are panning out there. But families are finding themselves in that situation, and I know that'll be incredibly frustrating and disappointing. But there's also, you know, we've got to think about how we're living in Australia and, and, and how that compares to so many other parts of the world. There you go. Well, we are in a pandemic. Thank you, Prime Minister. Thank you for clearing up some stuff there. It's always great to have you on the show. Say hi to Jenny no, for Jody, us as well. We're back in the eight, mate. We're yes. back in the eight. <laughs> yes. That's, yeah, they're winning ugly again. <laughs> that's true. Anyway, good luck. Cheers. Thanks, Thank Prime you, Minister. Jonesy and Amanda's Damn, listen.